Welcome to the Witty and Gritty Podcast. Hosted by Brooke and Farron. Where you learn a little about a lot. And sometimes a lot about a little. Welcome to episode 14 on the Enneagram. Yes, we've been going over The Road Back to You by Ian Morgan Cron and Suzanne Stabile. So we are covering the last three numbers we have not talked about yet. Yeah, so this is the head or the fear triad, and these will cover the following Enneagram numbers, Enneagram number 5, 6, and 7. Right, so type 5 is the investigator, type 6 is the loyalist, and type 7 is the enthusiast. Alrighty, let's get started with chapter 9 in the book, if you're following along. Type 5, the investigator. I think I am, therefore I am, I think, George Carlin. Okay, so what it's like to be a 5. Here are a couple of phrases that might resonate with some 5s. I don't always say things out loud, but in my head I'm pretty sarcastic and cynical. I'm okay if people ask me a few specific questions about myself, but I don't like it when people want too much information. I need a couple of days to process an experience or know how I feel about something. I often felt invisible as a child. Sometimes as an adult, I choose to be invisible. Okay, so fives, the investigators, they are typically analytical, detached, and private, and they're motivated by a need to gain knowledge, conserve energy, and avoid relying on others. Yep. All right, well, let's start off then by talking about healthy fives. These investigators, they have the balance between participation and observation, and they have a sense of true neutrality. They really have a depth and knowledge in several areas of their lives, so they might know a whole lot about a whole lot. I always think of like a history buff. Yes. Like when I think of a five. Right. They also see themselves as part of a whole. So not just me and my story, but it's how my story fits in with this world or fits in with God's plan or whatever that looks like. Yeah. So a balance of being an observer, but also being an active participant in their life. (laughs) Right. Average fives, these guys have a scarcity mentality, which means they start hoarding time and space and affection and they start to observe rather than participate. So if they start kind of drawing themselves back, that's where you can kind of find yourself, oh, I might be sinking from healthy to average. And um, they struggle with anything that makes them feel incompetent, which so I, a one does too, personally, but mm-hmm. which is interesting. So a five, since they know a lot about a lot, anything that gets them in a situation where they feel like, maybe I don't know what I'm talking about, they'll just not even go there. I think I would relate to that as being feeling unprepared in a situation. So, you know, I spend a lot of time thinking, filling the diaper bag. What could I all possibly need on this trip? (laughs) Everything. So a five does that with their knowledge and assessing a situation. And so if they're, they get to a place where they're maybe not as knowledgeable or surprised, they maybe don't like and stuff is surprised and not planned out. Right. So Unhealthy fives, they don't want to depend on anyone for anything. So trying to totally be independent in all facets, even though everybody needs help with something at some point, these guys just don't want anybody's help. I don't need your help. I've got it. But do you? So, And that's part of the trap that an unhealthy five gets kind of cycled into. So they start developing that defensive personality, uh, and they really want their independence and privacy. So... That can also turn into judgmental, cynicism, 
sarcasm, all that starts to kind of come out more. Yeah, they probably start pushing people away that aren't like they like the person. Right. It's like, well, if you won't give me my space, I'll make you not like me. And then that's how I can kind of get my freedom. Mm -hmm. All right. So let's talk about the deadly sin of a five. All right. Hit me with it. Avarice. Afraid they lack the inner resources to meet the demands of life and to persevere independence and energy. Fives hoard knowledge, privacy, time, space, and affection. So a lot of times when we hear the word avarice, whenever we do hear that word, because it's really uncommon just to, hey, let's talk about that for a second. So a lot of times we can think that it's that greedy craving for money or material gain, but in the Enneagram, kind of like how we went over the eights and their deadly sin is lust. It's not really like that sexual lust. It's more of, I need more, more, consume it all. Mm-hmm. So with this, with avarice, this is more referring to the need to retain and a desire to protect what they already have and know and understand. Like, man, if I can't get anything else right, I know these three things and I'm sticking to it. And they hold tight to it. So it's almost like Lenny a little too much. Don't Lenny so much <laughs> on things. Yes, they don't also want to let go of even the material items that they already have. Um, But it doesn't mean that they have to have thousands and thousands of the same item. It just, they hold tight to what they have. Right, and and they're the thinkers, so there's a reason why they have it. There's a reason why they wanted it in the first place. There's a reason why it goes in a certain place in their house or why they read this book at a specific time. There's It's definitely intentional, so they don't want to lose... That because that's that also a sense of security and things right. they can rely on and depend on. Because if I don't, if everything else goes crazy, I know what I have and where I have it. Yep. All right. So then the virtue of a five is generosity. Fives become generous when they relax their mindset of scarcity and embrace the reality of abundance. All right. That's good stuff. See, so again, on the reverse side of wanting to contain everything. You have a wealth of knowledge that people need to know things about. And so a lot of times it's great having a five in your life. You can call them up. Hey, do you know anything about this? Why, actually, I do. (laughs) I read the encyclopedia about it last night. Do you think the people on Antiques Roadshow are all fives? Ooh, that that makes sense. Yes. Because they know so much about Civil War guns well, or something like, just so specific look at this type of paint you can tell or ed- yeah. and then the guys on american pickers who i actually met what um, on harry hines what? i met one Why of them you on harry hines Baron? uh his wife was shopping for purses <laughs> at like one of the knockoffs i don't know anyways hopefully he doesn't i don't know if he wants people to know that but yeah i i just i'm making that assumption right now that People on Antiques Roadshow and the host of American Pickers are fives. Well, if you're on those shows and you are a five, or if you're five and like those shows, that's important for us to know. Mm -hmm. How inaccurate are we with that statement? (laughs) Someone will let us know. (laughs) (laughs) Where are you, troll? So we have fives at work, fives in relationships, all that good stuff. So make sure you're reading over that, going over that in the book. We'll link in how to get the book in the show notes. Then we have the wings, just like we've gone over with every number. We're going to talk about fives with the four wing and fives with the six wing. So first, fives with the four wing. So remember, four is the romantic, the individualist. So that's that creative side. They're sensitive, empathetic, and they, uh, they're they eccentric. Their feelings um, 
They're not sure what to do with their feelings, but they'd rather process them alone. Much like a four who's going to write a song about it. A five <laughs> might journal about it or think about it. And just be in that pensive state of mind for a, a lot longer than I would be. I only laugh because you have to turn into the book study interview that's coming. And <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> there, there is um, an example of writing a song about your feelings. Um, uh, it's, it's, re- it's, it's hilarious because it's just so spot on that it's an eight and a four who are married. Mm. And it's just great hearing their dynamic and just the raw truth they have about their relationship so thank you two for sharing what's going on uh, but it's great and we happen to snag some m- musical gems for, mean, for everybody it to could hear. be the next single the next like viral yes. worldwide record single we'll sponsor you yay <laughs> i just wanted to explain why i kind of laughed when you read <laughs> right because we know what's coming next yeah. week <laughs> i'm not laughing at you five with a wing four I'm just excited about what's to come. Yes. Okay, fives with a... Back to (laughs) Yes, yes. (laughs) Here we go. The other wing. So fives with a six wing. Fear plays more more of a prominent role in the life of a five wing six than opposed to the other side of five wing four. They're more anxious, cautious, skeptical, and but they're also more social and loyal than the other wing. They're more relational. And this will make sense when we talk about sixes next. But... Mm. uh, And we can play back into that here in a minute but that's what a five wing six would look like and don't forget that uh the enneagram numbers five six and seven are under the triad of the fear right head so that makes sense that when mm-hmm. you're going five to a six it's more that anxious right piece all right so then let's talk about fives when they're in a state of stress okay fives when they're stressed they're going to take on the not so healthy side of a seven the enthusiast so they're going to hoard and cling more tightly to things. So that is where Lenny comes into play. And uh, they start to turn their attention away from others' needs and just focus on their own, uh, kind of that self-protection kind of thing. Um, they, need, they need safety. They need independence. Uh, and sometimes they can become a little bit disorganized and distracted mm-hmm. as well. All right. And then we all obviously have our ups and downs so let's look at fives when they're feeling secure okay so these guys move to eights the challenger which is really interesting that's a huge move going from the observer the investigator just thinking on the inside to an eight who's a challenger the more vocal Mm -hmm. of the two but with this this comes spontaneity they're outspoken they're physically present as opposed to withdrawing Uh, and they are more confident energetic talkative so a lot of times if a five, they're feeling secure, a lot of times their friends will be like, hey, what's up with you today? You seem really into this team building exercise or whatever it is that you're doing. So that just means you're feeling secure. And that's a good thing. Yeah. You're confident in who you are and you're not afraid to show other people because you are secure in what you think about yourself. I picture the fives as the ones that like don't have much to say, but man, if you get on, to- on a topic they know a lot about, you mm-hmm. like can't get them to stop. Right. Right. And Talking, it's, yeah. And it's not. It's more so because they don't feel like sharing things. So when you do find that one thing right. they want to talk about, they're like, yes, finally, here, tag me in. I'm, I'm here for it. Yep. All right, and then it goes into spiritual transformation. Yeah, this yeah. is a great way, sorry. This is oh, a great way to grow yourself. So all the numbers can use all of these things, but Farron, you found one in particular that kind of stuck out to you. Yes, again, I'm not a five, but um, I thought this one seemed practical. It says, when something occurs that seems to elicit emotions in other people, 
try to feel with them in the moment rather than saving those feelings to process later. That's really hard. Yeah, I think even sometimes I might do that more of a protection thing. Yes. Um, I, just being a mom, right? Like, mm-hmm. you're trying to make sure everyone else is happy. Right. And then next thing you know, Christmas morning's over and you're like, oh, wait, uh, I forgot to just sit and mm-hmm. be present and enjoy that. So. And that that's pulling in that healthy side too, being more, not just physically present like yes I went to the function but actually your mind's there too you're not spaced out or withdrawing in your head or sticking to the outside of the social gathering you're getting in there being more present Christmas is a great example a lot of times it's just really easy to just no that's okay you go ahead I'll watch you but don't forget that you're there for a reason you got out of your bubble for a reason yes and all the other numbers are happy to have you there of course Okay, we're going to move on to number six, the loyal list. There's no harm in hoping for the best as long as you're prepared for the worst. Stephen King. What it's like to be a six. I'm always imagining and planning for the worst. I act quickly in a crisis, but when things settle down, I fall apart. I find it hard to stop thinking about the things I'm worried about. I'm generally not comfortable with extremes. I like to be told I am good at my job, but I get very nervous when my boss wants to add to my responsibilities. I'm skeptical of things that are new and unknown. Okay, the loyalists. These guys are committed, practical, and witty. They are worst-case scenario thinkers. Remember those books? Who are motivated by the fear and the need for security. Yes, so I am a nine, um, and we'll get into this in a little bit, but when nines are stressed, they go to a six. And I'm working on it, y'all. But I tend to live most of my life in a state of stress. So um, I feel like six, uh, I've taken a couple tests and I always test as a six. Um, So I feel like this could be my second number, even though that's not really a thing. (laughs) Right. Well, you said it. So that's why it's important to read the book because you could be testing as a number. But if you're in a constant state of stress, Or if you're in a valley and it's taken quite a while for you to get out of it, so you feel like that's the new normal. Uh, Again, it goes back to motivation. So we really want you to read the book so you can figure out and kind of debunk the quiz, even if you're like, "Ah, well, that's me sometimes, I guess. Mm -hmm. Uh, Or if you are living in the state of stress or in the state of secure. So just know that ultimately read the book because it's going to give you insight and motivation behind why you do what you do. Yeah, and sixes can be awesome in and of themselves. Um, let's talk about healthy sixes. Okay, so they trust their own experiences of life. They're productive, logical thinkers, and they like to organize their thoughts and actions around what's going to be most advantageous to them uh, for the, and for the common good. So they, why they do what they do, they are already thinking about what's going to happen once it's done or along the way. They're loyal, honest, reliable, uh, and they have, they're clear-eyed judges of character. Yes, I agree with all those things. <laughs> you <laughs> have well my done. permission to be <laughs> so a So does Ian Morgan Cron and Suzanne Stabil. They also agree with this. Turns out they're experts. All right, <laughs> average sixes. Okay, they question almost everything. They struggle to get out of their own heads. Remember, this is part of the head triad, so they're just stuck in their thoughts. They can't. They're going down the rabbit hole, kind of spiraling out of control sometimes. Um, they are the worst-case scenario planners. Yep. Plan for the worst, hope for the best. It's more of the, I'd rather have it and not need it than need it and not have it. For sure. So if we're going to the beach, I'd rather have it and not need it than need it and not have it. 
Mm-hmm. All right, and then let's wrap this up with unhealthy sixes. So this is even more so worst case scenario. They're actually, it's almost paranoid. So they find danger around every corner. So it's different when it's like, hey, make sure you don't climb high on that tree because you could fall and hurt yourself. But the other one's like, they will fall and die. So again, it's, it's that sense of paranoia. They're unable to trust themselves either. Um, and they can find fault in others frequently as well. Let's get into the deadly sin of a six. Dun, dun, dun. Oh, don't do that. (laughs) (laughs) Too nervous? I'm sorry. I'm sorry, sixes. This is already a tense situation. You're right. They're already the fear triad. Sorry. (sighs) Okay. (laughs) The deadly sin of a six is fear. Needing to feel secure, sixes rehearse worst case scenarios and seek out and attach to strong authority figures and belief systems. Mm. Yeah, so that's more of, I guess, fear can... If you're unhealthy, it's starting to take, it's consuming you. Mm-hmm. So what can we do to combat that? What's the gifting there? Yes, the virtue is faith. Okay. Sixes can develop faith that renders worst case scenario planning unnecessary and learn to trust their inner compass to guide them in making good decisions. That's so, that's so good because a lot of times we do get caught up in the worst case scenario, what if this happens? And then where? And then you're going, where am I going to live? What am I going to do? What am I, what's going to happen with my kids? And you're just on and on and on that record. And you play that record over and over. But, again, faith in the higher power. like He's got you. Yeah, I was just going to say, I can't imagine life as a six without, you know, believing in God and uh, relying on your faith in Him. Yeah. All right, moving on to... Yeah, so the in the chapter, then it goes through the sixes as children, sixes in relationships, sixes at work. So that will address the fear and the faith there. So then it hits us with the wings. So sixes with a five wing, these are more introverted, intellectual, cautious, and self-controlled. Um, they, they just like to protect their privacy, and they engage in solitary activities and hobbies that kind of do that as well. So fishing... Golf, crafting, scrapbooking. Yes. yes. So things that are kind of the one-man show, um, not because they're showboat. They just would prefer solidarity, and that's fine. Yep. All right, and then six is with a seven wing. Okay, so this is kind of a paradox, I guess. So it's they, they like the solidarity, but also they have that fun side of them because they're swinging over to the enthusiasts, so they're enter- entertaining, animated, adventuresome. So they're willing to risk a little bit, uh, but also with that risk, like, hey, let's go on a trip to wherever. They're like, yeah, cool, that sounds awesome. Okay, but I'm also going to make sure I have this, this, and this in case we get a flat tire or in case we need snacks or in case we need an alternate route and the the road's closed off. So it's the, yes, let's go have fun, but also in these parameters so I don't lose my mind. They probably have planned a whole trip plan B. A whole oh, different yeah. part of the world. <laughs> yes. Just in case something yes. happens between then and when their trip is scheduled. It makes me think of the movie The Hangover where everything just goes awry and how none of those guys are probably sixes because then they would have had backup plans. Oh, yeah. That... <laughs> or maybe the dentist was a six, but yeah, he was uh, incapable of making those clear decisions so yeah. there's that i said this in a previous episode that like i can't watch the parts of movies where everything is going wrong yes. even though i know the story pattern is like it will end and the main character usually comes out on top <laughs> right but i i can't it makes me 
cringe, like, not cringe, that's not a strong enough word. Like, I would rather pass out than have to (laughs) sit there. (laughs) I'm serious. And then, like, I try to go to bed, and I'm like, well, what would have I done in that situation? Oh, no. So the step further. And it's always stressful when they give them directions to get to a place, and, like, they didn't write it down, and they can't use a GPS. I'm like, how in the world are they ever going to remember that? <laughs> so, I don't know. I'm too in. You're stressing out for these fictional characters. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> I just, I've already attached to them, and I need them to live and succeed. Okay, speaking of stress, <laughs> <laughs> let's talk about sixes when they are in a state of stress. Okay, so they go to the negative side of three. So those are the performers. So if you forgot what those guys were, go back an episode and listen to what the performers were. But with this, they can become workaholics and they pursue those material successes or hoard the resources. So it could be that sense of, I might lose it all because that's that fear kicking in again. So Mm -hmm. if I'm stressed out, I'm starting to become more and more fearful. What if we run out of money? I need to work extra hours and save all this money. So, again, the the not-so-good trade-off of work more, miss family more mm-hmm. kind of thing. I'll tell you my experience with it. It's been, okay, well, I'm anxious a lot about my work and my job. If I just go do those things, then I can't stress about them anymore. Well, once you do those things, you find other things right. to stress about, and so then it never ends uh, until you... Find yourself moving to a healthier six. Yeah, it's almost like you have to already have boundaries set in place. Like, if I'm supposed to clock out at four, clock out at four. Because it will be there at eight the next day. That's not comforting. Because <laughs> it could be done that night. No, I know. But at what cost? Yeah. In the big picture, at what cost? If getting a project done one day earlier, even though it's well before the deadline, or go to my kid's soccer game, what's the trade-off? What What's going to be right in the right places when it's all said and done. Are they going to be like, wow, mom was such a hard worker and went to work all the time during my games and couldn't make it. Yeah. So play the whole thing out. So that way your good minutes go to your best people. And it's physically present and mentally present. I misplaced a uh, plastic folder that I really needed. And... Um, my oldest daughter asked me if I had found it yet. And then I stopped and I was like, wow, I've kind of been grumpy. I'm going to use that word grumpy (laughs) lately. And then that afternoon she asked me again, had I found it? And I did on my desk, right? I moved it several times. Anyways, that's not the point of the story. But yeah, so a lot of times it, it consumes your mental state and then it comes out in your behavior and emotions too. So even if you are still showing up, uh, being aware of how you're acting and treating those around you too. So I like the idea of you know setting boundaries, but I think another step to that would also be someone that you trust that um, can hold you accountable. Yeah. Which I think that goes for any type of situation or goal you have. If it's working out more, eating healthy, Whatever, setting limits at work, having someone to keep you accountable is great. That's true. All right, so sixes when they're feeling secure. They go to nines. Yay, you (laughs) Farron. All right, so these guys, they are more lighthearted, flexible, empathetic, and energetic. They are more accepting of others, and they can see life from more than one angle, which that's, again, the peacemaker kicking in. They can see more possibilities instead of just the worst case scenario they're able to see all the other options too i love playing devil's advocate just 
to share that knowledge. It's not like I'm trying to take one side or the other, but I love trying to figure out um, why people have done that or, you know, the another way to look at a situation. Um, so it's almost like a puzzle to me. Yeah. Okay, and then the last thing we're going to talk about with six is the spiritual transformation. So these are, again, they give you ten growth points in the back of each chapter. So, Farron, what's your one you picked out for us? So I picked this one out. It's one I've actually worked on in the past and has helped tremendously. Now I need to go find another one to work on. Um, But it says, learn to recognize the difference between legitimate fear and free-floating anxiety and ascribe different values to them. Um, so I have a question Yeah, to interject. So for someone who does not struggle with anxiety and does not struggle with fear, so I'm thinking gut triad maybe, how can you help them understand what is going on with a six at this point? Because mm-hmm. a lot of times they're, it is the stop feeling sad, start feeling awesome. So what can the, that group of people do to empathize with what's going on in between someone's ears? Yeah, I mean, uh, my husband, who's a two, uh, he went through a traumatic experience almost a year ago now, October 2018, and he hadn't ever had anxiety before, and obviously he had some post-traumatic stress disorder anxiety built up, and that's when he... I mean, I can't compare it to what he's actually been through. I've worried about what <laughs> things that he's been through. Um, but it was almost like it had to happen to him before he really ever really understood. Um, when people say that like they can't help it, I would just say they really can't mm-hmm. help it. They would love to start feeling awesome like you, yeah, awesome person. Kind of like when you people are like, did you really have to say that? Like if you're an eight and a challenger... And you're like, I had to say it or I would have exploded. Like, it's almost that Mm -hmm. same, it just happens. You know, I could be sitting there washing dishes and all of a sudden I get hit with, Jacob's out delivering machines. What if he gets, like, hit and killed in a car accident? And it's like, why did I even, I wasn't trying to think of that. That just, it's dumb stuff like that. And then it just goes on a tangent of, well, if he did die, then mm-hmm. what would I do? Would I have to move or would we try to... I mean, it just... Mm-hmm. And you keep bringing yourself out of it and out of it. And really the only thing that has helped me the most is faith in God. Because once I start praying, eventually, sometimes I just pray for a long time, it, it'll like subside and go away. But I mean, I would equate it to having a migraine come on. Like if people get migraines, they can't just not have a migraine right. <laughs> anymore. Just stop having your head hurt. Duh. Yeah. And, um, but I also, I guess the nine of me is like, I get why you don't get it if you don't have it. Right. You've never lived it. You've only seen it secondhand. So, and back to the migraine thing, it's like, I think people are like, well, I've had a headache before and I still went to work and it's like, oh no, 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 no. no. Yes. You really don't understand what this is Yeah. One of our former teammates who is a, she's following along with some of this stuff. She's got terrible migraines and she's had them for years. Yeah. Yeah. Like what? What do you do? And I remember her just trying to research, like, what has anybody else tried? Has yeah. anybody tried anything else? Because I'm out of options. Yeah, and you don't like feeling that way. You don't like feeling the anxiety or anxiousness, just like you don't like feeling migraine. So you do. You want to look for um, ways to get out of that situation. And I'd say being proactive on working through it when you're not anxious instead of trying to fix it when you are, And if that makes sense. Yes, yeah, so, again, it's like the study for the test. 
So what can I have set in place already so that when I start to go there, what am I going to do? Is that I'm going to pick up the phone and call someone? Is it I'm going to start praying? Is it I'm going to blast worship music? What What is it? So I love that idea of mm-hmm. have something already ready to go. That way, whenever you're having a hard time getting out of it, you already have your plan. You already have your plan of action. Counseling, seeing a therapist, not only when you feel bad, but seeing it also when seeing someone when you're also feeling secure that's where you can do a lot of the the hard work and um, Mm -hmm. personal growth kind of stuff because you're in a state where you can push those boundaries right when you're in a state of anxiety you're just trying to get back to like ground zero right (laughs) that's true so yes all those things about sixes that was a good one i think that's a good takeaway from people who are experiencing it and not and i've never heard of it called free-floating anxiety so thank you for helping describe what that is just that out there this may not even be a thing that i'm worried about and here i am just fabricating with my imagination uh, versus this is a thing that could happen so yeah and it's just like if you're man what if my kid drowns and you're like actually at the swimming pool and you're actively monitoring, then that's like legitimate, right? You're hypersensitive, you're hyper aware. When it's Christmas and you know, you're hanging up stockings and, yes. <laughs> and that random thought, it's like, okay, that's a real fear. What do I need to address that or prepare for that right now? No, you know, things like that. So mm-hmm. sometimes there are real things that could really happen, but just looking at your current situation and environment and seeing if that's really applicable at the time and present time good stuff all right so that wraps up number six type six the loyalist and now we're going to move on to the last number in this triad in this fear slash head triad this is number seven the enthusiast just think of happy things and your heart will fly on wings peter pan how perfect is that okay what it's like to be a seven i suffer from fomo fear of missing out Sometimes I get so eager for the future, I can hardly wait for it to get here. When people I care about are having a hard time, I help them look at the bright side of the situation. I'm popular and have lots of friends. Life is better than people imagine. It's all about how you explain things to yourself. Alright, so let's get into sevens. Again, the enthusiast. Okay, so these are these people are fun, spontaneous, adventurous. They're motivated by a need to be happy. And they always plan stimulating experiences, and they like to avoid pain. Mm-hmm. And so. so much so, let's just not talk about it. <laughs> that could be a thing, and we'll get into that. Uh, your mom, we interviewed her, episode six. Oh, She's a seven. Coming at me with a your mom joke. <laughs> your mama. Jeez, no. Your mama's so awesome. Uh, but yeah, so it was just, I thought it was hilarious just looking back and how your mom is a seven and you're a nine. So the way y'all's interview went, as opposed to I'm a one and my mom's a one, and how our interview went. It's just yeah. so funny because Jill's is so lighthearted and fun, and me and my mom were like, get to the next point. <laughs> <laughs> Did you cross it off yet? Uh, how many do we exa- have left? Uh, yes. yes. No. Y'all's was, <laughs> it's just so They funny. were just different. They were both Which awesome. is perfect. Yeah. I, and we, everybody, we need both. We need all the types. We need all nine. And y'all will hear that in the book study interview with the song. <laughs> yes. I can't wait. I just hope everyone loves it. <laughs> All right, let's talk about average sevens. 
But let's talk about healthy sevens oh, first. Well, you know, I thought we already did that. Oh, so. I was just excited. <laughs> Are you showing some seven tendencies? Uh, yes, because I go to a seven when I'm secure, so I'm feeling pretty secure right now. Oh, I'll take that as a compliment. Go ahead. Healthy, <laughs> healthy sevens. Okay, so these people have embraced the full range of emotions, so they're able to... These are great empathizers because they are feeling all the feelings. One of my seven friends, she's, she cracks me up. She was like, a friend who is a seven. You have more than seven friends. Do I? Quit saying that. You had four friends last night and now you have seven friends today. So anyway, my friend who is a seven, I'll get better at this. This is the last episode that we're talking like this. So I'm glad I've not perfected it by the end. Thanks for pointing out my flaws. Oh, Look what you did. Well, yeah. Anyway, I don't even know what I was going to say about her. One of your friends, who's a seven. <laughs> <laughs> she was talking about at one point, she finally, she and her husband both did the Enneagram and read the book in their small group, which is a great idea. Hint, hint, RCG. Morgan will be like, no, let's do a book in the Bible, which is fine. Yeah. I agree with that. And also, what number is he again? He's an eight. Yeah. All right. Continue. <laughs> uh, it's fine. He won't hear this. Will he? <laughs> Morgan, if you hear this right now, I love you. So, obligatory shout out. Yep. Okay. Anyway, she was like, I'm feeling all these feelings. And her husband, who's an eight, is like, what? <laughs> <laughs> and so it's just been funny that they've been able to work through all that and processing and understanding each other and... It's, it's just cool to see that work in a marriage. So, yeah. So, again, they've embraced the full range of emotions. And they're, when they're in a healthy space, they're fun and adventurous, but they're also spiritually grounded, practical, and they're resilient. And they sound super healthy. How about average sevens? Okay. They reframe almost everything that's sad, limiting, or could be perceived as a failure. And they change the narrative so that even the most negative events, they can still be recast in an affirming way, which is such a great skill set to have, as opposed to, wow, I messed up. I'm stupid. And you got to change the narrative in your head. And we went through an exercise, I guess, in the summer. It was July. And it was changing the narrative in your head. So what is going on in your head and what can you do to combat and change the narrative? Because yeah. that's you have to combat the lies with the truth. Mm-hmm. So, And that's what Lisa Lett talked about too. Like how are you going to combat Satan's lies with if you don't know God's word? Yep. So God's word's the truth. So when you hear those lies that sound almost like truths, that's the tough part. Mm-hmm. You're mm-hmm. like, I could believe that. Right. Um, that's where you got to go back and... Rely on God. Mm-hmm. All right. How about average? Oh, just kidding. Unhealthy sevens. Unhealthy sevens. They, are, they feel inadequate. Sometimes they can feel sorry for themselves and believing that they've been dealt an unfair hand. Like, this isn't, ju- this isn't fair. Uh, life's not fair. And what I'm dealing with just isn't fair. They keep throwing out that word fair. I don't deserve it. So Yeah. Anytime that. something is going poorly in my life or especially my husband's life with the business he's in with rental properties. That's my mom's thing. God, that's just, it's so not fair. He's such a good guy and she wants to like go off on all these reasons why like he doesn't deserve it, which is nice. It comes from a place of caring, but nothing really is like owed to us when it comes to this life. Right. (laughs) If we're talking about what we deserve, it's not anything good. It's a, that's why salvation is a gift. It is a gift. Yes, ma'am. Um, but these sevens, if they're unhealthy, they can they can be reckless and risk more than they can stand to lose. So, again, if they have certain vices, 
they need to make sure they're they're staying healthy. Otherwise, it's just going to be really bad for them and the people who love them. All right, so the deadly sin for the number seven is gluttony. To avoid feelings of pain and chronic deprivation, sevens compulsively plan and gluttonously devour exciting experiences, fascinating ideas, and the best that life has to offer. So that goes back to the avoidance of things. So instead of, like, if I have a terrible job situation, I'm going to make sure my home life is awesome and I'm going to totally avoid those responsibilities at work and leave it to whoever because it is something I don't even want to address. Or, on the other end, my home life is so terrible, I'm going to fill up my calendar to where I'm not home. Yeah. Or, I'm broke and have no money, so let's go out and party and drink so that way I can forget about this problem. Right. Yes. So, bearing those feelings with excess, for sure. So, the countering virtue to um, seven's deadly sin would be sobriety. So, again, like we said, it could mean literal sobriety, but just like lust for an eight, right. it doesn't necessarily mean it in a sexual way. Um it says for sevens sobriety means exercising Mm self-restraint accepting and integrating both the joys and sorrows of life and following through on long-term commitments with projects and people yes so again being able to that self-control has to kick back in that's one of the fruits of the spirit and that takes practice and active recognition and reflection on it and nobody's perfect i've got all the fruits to work on but self-control is one that I feel like goes neglected sometimes because you're like, oh, I feel like I'm doing fine. I don't need to control other things. I feel like if I wanted to stop, I could stop right now. And sometimes you can justify it because you're doing so much good for people. Uh, my mom does so much for so many uh, to the point that she'll run herself just into the ground doing and being there for people and you know, organizing the fun stuff and meetups. Um, but you can definitely tell when it starts to take a toll on her. Um, so sometimes it's hard when it's positive stuff that you still yeah. got to kind of rein back. And in. it's stuff you love. Mm-hmm. So that's hard. Like, I want to do all the fun things. But if I can only do three, don't make me choose. Yeah. How can I do all of them? Seven say you don't have to choose. Right. You do them all. Yes. Yep. Doesn't matter how tired you are. <laughs> Just Keep do it. going. And I think that's the other important thing on why it's important to have friends who are aware of your number, because then they can, if you don't see it, they can say, "Okay, listen, uh, this is coming from a place of love, and you've already given me permission to kind of reel you back in when you're getting crazy." But here it is, and that's why me and you keep each other accountable. Like I go to you, and you tell me, um, "No, that's irrational, and people can't do things like that." So. <laughs> Yeah. Reel it in. Yep. Um, All right. So let's talk about sevens and their wings. Let's start with seven with a six wing. Okay. So they give both projects and people more time before moving on to the next thing. So sevens can be so excited sometimes that they move on to the next before they finish the other thing they were working on. So sevens with a six wing, uh, they have that that capacity to kind of really enjoy finishing and seeing what that looks like. So they're better at being closers on that end. They're sensitive and a bit more anxious, and they are super charming. 
So watch out for those guys. And the great thing is once they commit to a relationship, they have a good chance of staying connected and working out all the challenges in it. So those are the guys you want on your side. Yes. Loyalty is a great quality. Mm-hmm. And it says right here, they're dutiful and loyal. So um, that's another great thing because sixes are the loyalists. So yeah. winging over that way. And now let's talk about sevens with an eight wing. Okay. So an enthusiast that wings over to the challenger which uh, this means they're competitive, bold, and aggressive. Uh, They're playful, but it's not like they're trying to gain the control or the power like an eight would. So they're like, yeah, let's go have fun and be assertive and set it up like you said, your mom, like, let's organize all these things and let's go do it, come on. And then she's okay with not having to be the authority figure in it. Here's a great example. She loves to dance. And several people her age will not get out on the dance floor. She will literally drag you and not take no for an answer. We are going on to the dance floor. Uh, So interject. The first time Morgan ever met your mom, this exact thing happened to Morgan. So now picture Morgan, if you know him, and then Jeannie dragging him out there. It was, he was a good sport about it, but at the end he was like, don't ever let her do that again. (laughs) She's just having fun. He's like, that was zero fun for me. I didn't yeah. want to do that. Yeah. So uh, definitely like the hype person that's trying to have all the fun and w- just won't take no for an answer, but not in an argumentative political debate kind of way, but in a, no, you're coming out with me. No, really, I'm in my pajamas, in my bed. Okay, I'll see you in five minutes. Like, no. But some people need that because exactly. like a five who might be withdrawing needs that friend to say, I'm knocking on your door in about five seconds, so you need to come unlock this door I'm breaking in. And we need those people to kind of pick up the pieces sometimes whenever we're not in such a good place. Exactly. All right. Um, Sevens, when they're in a state of stress. Okay. When sevens are stressed out, they take on the negative behaviors of a one, which I don't know what those are even. There can't be any. Right. Uh, So they become pessimistic, judgmental, argumentative. They can blame others, and they start going back to that black and white thinking. So... Being able to see more shades of gray, like, you know, there's more than one right way to do something. So, again, uh, being able to reel it back in when you start feeling yourself thinking that there's only one way to do something, that should be your trigger to know, uh, how am I feeling right now? Let's do self-check. Yep, and that's easier to do once you've kind of, I'm not telling you to calm down because that's like the very wrong thing <laughs> to do. To <laughs> but I am calm. If you can find yourself in a state of peace, and then going back and looking at a situation, um, you're probably more likely to be able to see some different perspectives. Right. All right, so sevens when they're feeling secure. Okay, when sevens are secure, they go to the positive aspects of a five, so they're more, they're better at contributing, they're more comfortable with silence and solitude, which is, it almost sounds like the opposite of a seven. A seven does not want silence or solitude, but whenever they are feeling secure, they're okay with it. They're okay with you know what, I'm going to go for a walk and just enjoy the nature. That could be a thing. That could be a way that a seven is feeling secure and just kind of goes and experiences it. Uh, They are better at thinking about the meaning and purpose of their lives instead of just what can I do next or what can I go and be a part of It's Okay, what? how how do I fit in this story? Again, thinking more holistically. How do you play a role in God's story? It's not the story of your life, but it's how you are fitting in there. When I, I've called my mom different times before in the afternoons, not very often. She's going to be like, I don't do that all the time. Uh, 
but I'll be like, is everything okay? And she goes, yeah. I'm like, what are you doing? She's like, I am just laying in my room with the lights off, watching my TV shows, like all by herself. And she does. She seems like very mellow happy. Not like, yeah. hurrah, let's go. Excited, yeah, just but just like, oh, okay, well, okay, I'm proud of you. I'm going to so, leave you alone, get you back to it. Yes, I'll call you later. <laughs> <laughs> That's good. All right, maybe then to spiritual transformation. Yes, so Farron, what have you picked out for us? How can sevens grow slash all of us grow in some way? Man, sevens, I felt like y'all's list had a lot of, like, work. It seemed like a lot of stuff you, like, had to, like, really commit to and do on a regular basis. So I tried to pick one that's not necessarily easy, but I feel, like, applicable that you could start right now. So it says, practice restraint and moderation. Get off that, air quotes, treadmill that tells you more is always better. Yeah, that's a good point. So people say less is more for a reason, mm-hmm. and sevens are going, no, more is more for a reason. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but yes, the moderation. A lot of times, once you start doing something and you find it hard to stop, you just either need to cold turkey it or limit yourself and have that accountability to follow through. And I definitely think the restraint, like... Putting an idea out there or knowing it would be fun, but, oh, I don't know. Or sometimes it's like um, if I share a problem, I don't know. You know how, like, when you have a problem, sometimes you just want someone to hear it. Yes. But they don't need to fix it. Yes. And so sometimes, again, my mom, first of all, she's my mom, and I feel like all moms do this. But she wants to fix it, and then I'm like, no, I just, I'm venting. Well, then she'll call, like, 30 minutes later with another solution. I'm like, mom, no, really? Like, I'm over it. Yeah. You can be over it now, <laughs> yes. too. And then the next granted. morning, she's like, well, what if you... Mm-hmm. And I'm like, mom, I I really... I, I'm done. So just the restraint, reeling it back in mm-hmm. and maybe not getting too invested. That's a good in-your-head um, idea or mm. application point. There's another one, and I feel like I struggled with this when I was younger, once you made a commitment to something and then something more fun came along at the same time slot and you're like, oh, if you would have asked me 10 minutes earlier, I would have said yes to this and no to the other thing. But it's that commitment. So instead of canceling with someone else or trying to do both, that's your commitment. Stick to your promise and go for it. Yeah. All the sevens are saying no. And (laughs) seven wing eight just says, I'm going to tell both of them that I'm invited to both and I will come to both and it'll be great. Or you know what? No, I'm not going to any. I'm planning my own thing (laughs) and it will be better. (laughs) But maybe. (laughs) But maybe. Maybe I'll plan it for right afterwards. That way both parties can come to my party and I won't miss anybody. Yeah. Yeah. So that, that's a really good application point. And I like how it's something that you can start small and start now. Yeah. And again, as we've hit, Several times, someone to hold you accountable. Right. Um, and probably one of your best friends. But if they're also sevens, that might not be <laughs> the <laughs> What most wings are you? <laughs> Where are your wings? Yes. Uh, but again, we really want to stress the community with this. That's why we're doing this publicly. So everyone listening, y'all are part of this community. If you've listened to the Enneagram series, you're doing the workbook, you've stuck with it. You're part of the community to help each other. So you already have people ready to keep you accountable whenever you're ready for it. And sometimes it does take that nudge. So if you need a nudge, here's your nudge nudging you to make sure you have that community built in and you do stay accountable. Okay, so now we're going to go 
into our fictional characters. So the fictional fives, the fictional sixes, and the fictional sevens. All right, so number five, the investigator. We have Sherlock Holmes. We have Severus Snape and Albus Dumbledore from Harry Potter. And for my horror fiction film people, uh, Hannibal Lecter from Silence of the Lambs. Ooh, good one. Okay, six, the loyalist. This, the loyalist? The loyalist would be Bilbo Baggins, Narcissa Malfoy from Harry Potter. We've got Wolverine. And then a, another darker character would be Tyler Durden from Fight Club. Excellent. Number seven, the enthusiast. That would include Fred and George Weasley from Harry Potter. I like this one. Peter Pan from <laughs> Peter Pan. <laughs> and Jamie Fraser from Outlander. Okay, so there you have it. Those are the fictional characters from the head triad, the fear triad, the five, sixes, and seven, the investigator, the loyalist, and the enthusiast. And yes. that wraps up the book study part of our Enneagram series, The Road Back to You, by Ian Morgan Cron and Suzanne Stabile. And coming up next will be interviews. We have, again, an interview with Brooks Book Club. We encourage you to Book not study Farron. No. Okay. <laughs> Find out what that's about by tuning in. But we encourage you guys. It, there is something you can gain from doing book studies on your own. But um, hearing insight from others around you is a way to capitalize and really get the most out of um, a book study. So we encourage you guys to tune into that. Who else do we have coming up? We also have the Clickners. They're from Joy-Filled Marriage, and they're a pretty hilarious duo as well. And then we've got a counselor that we'll be interviewing as well. Yep. So tune in to the three interviews that follow up our Enneagram series, and then we'll see you next time. Thanks for listening to the Witty and Gritty podcast, hosted by Brooke and Farron. You can find us on Facebook, Instagram, Pinterest, and our website, wittyandgritty.blog. Subscribe to our email list to get exclusive updates, freebies, and more. Keep tuning in to learn a little about a lot.